welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zerati. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press music reporter, Aaron Lavar. Welcome to the show. My tummy's gurgling so loud. I apologize <laughs> if anyone can hear it. I don't know what's happening. I can't hear it. I can very clearly hear it, so I'm a little concerned. Uh, we have kind of a thematic show again for yeah, you. Yeah. Related to, we're going to talk about the climate strike because that's happening today mm-hmm. um, as we almost as we speak um we're gonna talk about tea bags <laughs> not the gross, gross kind, kind. <laughs> the actual kind because i'm i'm upset about news that i've learned about poison tea bags basically <laughs> and uh i was just in new york for a week and aaron lived there but i have uh, some observations and kind of this uh, big city mid-city comparison Comparison. Comparison. <laughs> well, you're going to talk about New York yeah. a little bit later, but otherwise, how was your week? Week was kind of thrown right back into life because I hosted Dr. Jen Gunter at her book release oh, yeah. last night at the West End Cultural Center presented by McNally Robinson. Um, it was so fun. She's so great. Oh my gosh. Yes. I've never met her. I don't know her. I've never interacted with her, but just in like what I've observed from her Twitter and the, and the seat and the little um, video series that she was doing with CBC, right? Yeah. Jen's planning. Very, very funny. Very interesting. Yeah. She, uh, Jen's planning is excellent. I really recommend and it's easy to binge because the episodes are short. Yeah. Um, her book, the vagina Bible is awesome. Uh, yeah. And she's just super down to earth. She's a Winnipegger. So she's, you know, she has that I feel like that might be the Christmas present for every one of my female friends this year. Honestly, (laughs) it's, uh, it's so it's, it's a textbook, but it's not like clinical, like a textbook. Like it's, and it was funny. We were talking on stage about the title and, uh, she was like, yeah, she's like, I just didn't want anything too academic. Like the vaginal, like treaties or like you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> so she's like hmm. she's like i wonder if people would have a problem with like a vagina and bible she's like but then she brought up that there is a book called the gun bible and no one complained about that so, so fair fair point <laughs> but she was saying among many interesting things she said and for those who don't know who she is she is the doctor that kind of uh rose to prominence for fact-checking goop gwyneth paltrow's oh yeah aspirational wellness site right and uh that's debunks- a very polite way to say it aspirational wellness site. <laughs> you know snake oil in pretty jars um but she has had a blog for a really long time and she has a new york times column and she's just a very accessible OBGYN who happens to be from Winnipeg. Um, but the thing she that's she said that made me so angry. So her publisher in the States wanted to do promoted tweets, as you do for a new book. For sure. And they kept getting rejected because the title had three offensive words in it. And the three offensive words were vagina, mm-hmm. vulva, mm-hmm. and OBGYN. Oh, shocking. I like I was so like she said that on stage, so I was like, had a minute to I react, guess, but then yeah. I had to, but I was so <laughs> mad. It's like, how is that OBGYN? And yet, like, all this other trolley crap I know. Is, is allowed to just flow free on Twitter. I know, and you're allowed to say penis and all 
euphemism well, yeah and you're allowed to like verbally assault people yeah i mean you're allowed to <laughs> you know white supremacy is fine but oh yeah. Uh, yeah so Stay it was away a, from those vulvas yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> they're dangerous uh, so yeah it was a really fun evening and uh yeah i recommend people check out the book because yeah. it's i mean finally it's like a user manual, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they don't come with one. <laughs> well, unfortunately, no, they do not. How was your week? Um, it was good. It's been, you know, I'm, I'm at work for one more week and then I'm off for two weeks to do the, the wedding thing. And so soon. Uh, yeah. So it's coming up very quickly. So a lot of my free time is kind of filled with answering emails and signing things and paying for things and answering people's questions that I wish I didn't have to deal with. But yeah, it's the worst part. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> I was totally like, well, not totally, but relatively low stress until maybe this past week or so. And it's all just kind of like, here's your schedule for the day. Here's your things for this. And here's your thing for that. It's like, oh my God, it's just so much stuff. <laughs> well, and I recall telling you that like yes. three weeks out, it's going to be like, yeah. Oh, good. An email. <laughs> yeah. And like, um, I have a lot of people coming in. So I'm trying to figure out like when people are flying in, when they're leaving, when we can meet up outside of wedding things. And it's just like, ah, <laughs> so much. but yesterday, completely unrelated to any of that. <laughs> just, this is where my brain is. It's just all over the place. Well, you talked about weddings. Yeah. Yeah. So I interviewed um, Steve Smith yesterday, who is red green Canadian icon i guess yeah he's been in the entertainment industry for four decades canadian treasure canadian treasure for sure and um he was obviously the character of the red green show and he's doing his last tour comedy tour ever and i was talking to him on the phone yesterday and he told me that i may be the last interview that he ever does because he's basically retiring at the end of this tour and he's done promo for all the other cities already bananas isn't that crazy yeah i just was like wow that's a very strange honor and we had a good laugh um but he was just like the sweetest man i like when that happens yeah he's gonna be 74 in december so i'm like i don't blame you for retiring and wanting to take some some time and he said well i'm gonna still work on other things but i will not be touring ever again so i will not be working on anything if i'm making 74 (laughs) and we don't you know die in the climate wars but like yeah 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 but then i um he wrote a book a few years ago about marriage advice and I'm putting together this story um, for that will run while I'm away about things that went wrong at people's weddings. <laughs> and so I've asked, like I did a social media call out for, for friends and stuff, but um, because it, he wrote this book, I asked him and he said, and he's been married for, I want to say 57 years. Wow. It's his like high school sweetheart. And they had a show together, right? They did like way, way back. Um, but he said that the day that he got married, he was at the end of the aisle and he's like, my wife has had blonde hair since the day that I met her and she was walking down the aisle and I didn't even know who she was oh because God. she had dyed her hair <laughs> the night before this like auburny brown reddish color. Ooh, that's a bold yeah. the day before and he's your looking, wedding. He's like, I don't even know who that like he thought he was in the wrong church for a second. And uh, and then he said he's like, I was so committed to getting married at that point. I would have married whoever walked down the aisle. But it was just a very cute story and they've been married for like more than five decades so it's very sweet sweet. yeah so i finally visited the city which aaron lived in new york new york i have never been i have been boggles my mind that you of all people have never been there (laughs) it has been on my list forever Mm -hmm. so and it was actually where um my husband and i wanted to go on our honeymoon in 2015 and then we ended up i was on the polaris music prize gala so i had to go to toronto 
the day after I got married. So it was like, I got (laughs) married on the Friday and I had to go to Toronto on Sunday. So, and then we ended up going to Austin and other places. Like we've traveled, basically every trip we've been on since I got married has been my honeymoon. So this is my New York honeymoon. (laughs) (laughs) But we finally went. Um, I had such a good time. Oh, good. I'm so happy that you did. It was, I have many observations about this trip, but Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I was noticing before I went was that I was like kind of weirdly nervous to go. Why? I don't know. Like I found it a bit intimidating for some reason. Like the hustle and bustle. I guess. Am I going to get lost? Like, can I figure out how to use the subway? Yeah. Even though I have been. Yeah, you've been to large cities many times. I've been to large cities and have navigated them by, like in London, mostly exploring on my own. I would argue that large cities are easier to navigate than smaller cities. I would agree. And that is kind of observation number one. Yeah. Godspeed, tourist to Winnipeg. I don't know how people get around here. Mm -mm. The lack of a grid. First of all, yeah. I d- kind of didn't really realize until you go to a city with a grid and you're, you're like, this is wow. the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> I know where 25th will be because I'm on 24th. You know, right. like, <laughs> right, exactly. It is so easy to get around yes. when you're in a grid situation and also the transit system. So I know New Yorkers complain about the subway a lot. Yes. The subway is incredible. I was so jealous of the subway. I know that's probably one of the three things that I miss about being in the city is just ha- is having the... Uh, access to a public transit system that generally functions very yeah. well when you're moving that amount of people around every day and people who complain about it i feel like they've never lived in a city with such poor transit as yeah. winnipeg has so um that's one thing i do miss and like that nobody has to drive so you're not worried about who's yeah. gonna be your dd who's been drinking too much and shouldn't be driving home what they are anyway or who's gonna take a cab or whatever like exactly it's, it's just easy yeah like the first couple days we did the full walk down fifth because we wanted to we were staying like kind of where Flatiron meets chelsea so super central um and then i was like oh, I, f- I feel like because we had to we wanted to go to brooklyn so i'm like oh, we well, subway it was totally fine and then we just started like subwaying around to like places that were closer like so we saw Lizzo at Radio City Music Hall which was awesome mm-hmm. um it's like three subway stop- stops away I'm like why wouldn't you do this <laughs> like, yeah yeah for it's sure super convenient um it there was two things that really reminded me slash made me grateful uh, for home mm-hmm. um personal space <laughs> yeah personal <laughs> space is a big them. one yeah um but also being in Central Park on the last day was such a nice refuge from being like the buildings are so tall in new york i felt like such a prairie bumpkin because i kept getting (laughs) vertigo (laughs) like bad vertigo like in times square i was like oh my god i'm so dizzy but it was just the sheer height yeah like you you don't need to wear sunglasses because you you never are exposed to the sun yes yes so being in the park was great but we were we bought a map from a guy who was helping people figure it out very useful um and he was like, yeah, you, you need to walk down like the mall because that is where you'll find like these archways of a hundred year old elm trees. And I was like, mm, that's also outside my house at home. Like it just made me really appreciate yeah. oh my God, a city with trees in it. Oh my God. Like, cause you don't, and especially in Manhattan, Brooklyn more so, but yeah. Yeah. And, uh, also the people that were just tourists going bananas for the Canada geese, in the <laughs> <laughs> like photographing them as though they were like majestic swans. I'm like, yeah, yeah those are sky rats. <laughs> yeah. You guys are adorable. Yeah. Um, the other thing I really appreciated about New York is how efficient it, they, they know how to move eight 
million people around. Oh, yes. Like, it is an efficient, like, you, your air traffic controlled at every turn. It's and awesome. Th- and that is despite the fact that, like, a million of those people are tourists who are yeah. constantly confused. So it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, uh, and just everything we did was super fun. Like, the Met was great. There was an mm-hmm. exhibit that had everybody's, oh, yeah. like, guitars there. That was really cool. I was following your stories on that. That yeah. was really awesome. So they had... Well, it's like the costume museum. Yeah. Yeah. Their, and, their uh, annual themed exhibit. Yeah. So it was, uh, they had a bunch of instruments on loan from like everybody's guitar Very was cool. there. Joan Jett's guitar, Kurt Cobain's smash guitar, like um, Eddie Van Halen's Frankenstein was cool. there. Uh, the funniest one was just like a blank exhibit and a piece of paper that just said, this item is on tour with the Rolling Stones. Probably oh. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Richards' guitar, I yeah. would assume. Yeah. yeah. Joe Star- Stommer's guitar was in there. Mm-hmm. Like all the like old the keyboards. Uh, St. Vincent's ergonomic guitar yeah, that she designed Yeah, I saw there. that photo. That was really cool. Um, it was so cool to see how beaten up things were too like how clearly not precious people are about these instruments well, yeah. they play them so that was neat um yeah lizzo was awesome just a great trip it was just a great trip um yeah so it was kind of just i don't think i could ever live there <laughs> so good for you for doing yes. that but it was definitely yeah. fun to visit and i would go back for sure yeah yeah i i do miss it on occasion but only very specific things i'm like i'm happy to go back and visit but after a week i'm like i'm exhausted i can't remember i like i don't believe how i used to do this every day oh yeah the the energy is is something well, else. yeah and also you're just you're walking everywhere all the time yeah and i was this last time i was staying in brooklyn with my friend who lives in like a third floor walk up and even just getting up to her apartment you're going up like six flights of stairs and then you're doing then you're yeah then you're walking to the train for 20 minutes down the stairs up the stairs walking to the thing like i don't i i honestly don't know how I had the energy to do, to do oh, that every day but yeah no it's a fun city to visit for sure absolutely and it, I think it also helped me um and I feel this way every time I travel it, it makes me appreciate things about Winnipeg for that sure. I see reflected in there so like the Flatiron building for example we have a very similar building in downtown Winnipeg to that um sort of the you know you can tell that Union Station was designed by the same yeah. person as Grand Central. Yeah, there are lots of remnants of So that. there's lots yeah. of like little echoes because obviously North America was, you know, colonized Around. east to west. Yeah. So like you can see sort of those little mm-hmm. glimmer, Cinnaboyne Park as well. Like, and also like the restaurants that we ate at, like Winnipeg's restaurants seem just as good. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, so it, it uh, it's nice when you can kind of go away and come back and see things that are reflected in your, in your hometown. So mm-hmm. moving on. This article really made you upset <laughs> yes it boiled my bag if you will <laughs> Good one. so i was reading this article and i don't know that it's like new news i'm pretty sure this study was released a few years ago but maybe it's just doing the making the rounds again i also feel like it's one of those things that we probably ex- suspected all along honestly i'd never given it any thought so this is this is shocking and upsetting for me but i was reading this article that says that a lot of tea bags have plastic in them and then when you're steeping them you're basically spewing plastic particles into your tea which will ultimately give you cancer great great another thing that i enjoy that will give me cancer i just can i not enjoy a steamy cup of english breakfast tea without worrying that it may (laughs) one day kill me like is this too much to ask apparently yes I feel like this is falling into the category of like, you know what? I didn't need to know that. I I really just didn't need to know. Basically what it is, is, is some of the tea bags are heat sealed, right? To yes. keep the leaves in. And then it's that process of heat sealing it that 
creates the plastic bond, yeah. I guess, or the adhesive. I don't know. I think by this point, it's probably safe to assume that, I'm, I don't know, 2% of our bodies are now just made of plastic. Well, like, right. And I'm also like, I'm at the point where like everything I enjoy the most is going to give me cancer. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to do it and just roll the dice. Cause like, like honestly, at this point, staying outside too long gives you cancer. Drinking tea gives you cancer. Enjoying a frosty diet Coke gives you cancer. Breathing in secondhand smoke, which I have zero control over, but happens a lot. Going to concerts for my job gives you cancer. Sitting down too much will kill you, give you a heart attack. Like walking too much walking is bad. Walking too much is like, bad. Like everything will kill you. So I've just decided that I'm just going to do what I want and just deal with it later. I mean, I think that's the best way to go. But it's just like, it was the straw that broke the camel's back situation. Because <laughs> I was literally drinking a cup of tea while I was reading this article. And I literally wanted to just like dump it on my computer because I was so upset by this. The thing that upsets me about the teabag thing, it's just yet another area where it's like, really, everyone, we have to put plastic here too. Like that also is a good point. You know, like I just, there's so many things and I think my eyes have been open to it because of the whole straw discussion. Yeah, for sure. Um, Which is also has problems because there are many people who need to use bendable straws in the world who Mm -hmm. are dealing like who can't, who are disabled and can't have a metal straw. But just the reliance of plastic for convenience is out of control. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, plastic for your apples in the grocery store and plastic, like where are you, occasionally people will share images of like basically pieces of fruit on those like styrofoam plastic. Yeah. What are you doing? Nature created a wrapper for this already. Like, so I've really started not putting my, I just leave my produce loose and wash it when I get home. Cause mm-hmm. enough with the plastic. But that was another thing. It was like, really? We haven't figured out how to make a tea bag without. Like, but I guarantee that tea bags like 50 years ago didn't have plastic in them. This that's is right. something that has evolved into plastic. Exactly. So why can't we devolve it back into something that's biodegradable and is not going to poison me every time I want to have a little Tetley. Oh, like, I- get out of here. <laughs> I get so mad. Why is everyone trying to kill me? I don't, <sighs> I don't understand. And it can't be, like, for cost reasons, like, production reasons. Because I feel like it'd be more expensive I know. to have, like, a heat seal or like a, or, like, an adhesive of some kind. And everyone's like, oh, why don't you just drink loose leaf tea? I don't like it. <laughs> like, I like the tea brands that I like. You want your... I want my... EBT English <laughs> breakfast tea from Twinnings with my milk and my sugar. That's all I want, and I don't feel like I need to be punished for that. That is a small pleasure, <laughs> simple pleasure. <laughs> I don't drink coffee. That's all I want. <sighs> yeah, which I think is a good segue into the climate strike, which is happening. Definitely. Today. Yeah. Um. So I think most people are aware that this is happening all over the world today. Mm-hmm. Um. I have a very specific rant, re the treatment that Greta Thunberg is receiving. So uh-huh. she, of course, is the Swedish wonderkind that is uh, lighting up the climate discussion. Yes. Um. I love how she'll basically be like, "Well, sir, you're not radical enough. So see ya." Yeah. <laughs> like, like you're not doing a good enough job. My specific rant is not about her, but it's about the treatment of her. Like I said. There's an argument that people who are climate deniers and even just people who are like, I don't know, upset that someone is pointing out that we're all going to die. Or they're like, she should be in school. Listen, (laughs) she and someone else pointed this out on Twitter. She's a 16 year old girl that is speaking all over the world in not her first language. 
That's a good point. And too. is dropping like truth bombs left, right, and center. Like she is giving people an education. She does not need to be in school right now. Like relax. Same with like the kids that are climate striking today. Mm-hmm. Come on. Like the you should be in school argument is so ridiculous. And also, to like, me. like maybe you shouldn't have ruined the world, and then these yeah. kids wouldn't have to be climate striking out of school today. I'm sure How they about would. That one exactly. I'm sure they would love to be children (laughs) you know like the fact that we have to have a 16 year old speaking at the u like come on you know this really shouldn't be their job yet this is what has been left well yeah and it's it's their fault that she's not exactly it's their doing they encourage this behavior like this need this necessity it's also galling too when lawmakers who could actually make a difference are like mm-hmm. oh she's so inspiring oh my gosh so frustrating. <laughs> cool but, but like, maybe what are you like, gonna do about do that something now? yeah um so yeah i think it's just and i think a lot of people have an issue with sort of like the panic rhetoric around it yeah I and i mean see that That's and i mean there certainly is and that kind of circles back to the teabag thing like I, uh, sometimes the way these studies are covered it's like a hearse is gonna roll up and it's gonna be like get in but like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're done <laughs> you know but i think she has hit upon a really effective bit of rhetoric and i think we should be panicking more frankly mm-hmm. you know and i don't think she is being unproductive about it i think she's just really sounding the alarm and if it sounds like panic to people maybe that's a good thing you know Mm -hmm. like I think she's just you know and she's not the only one there's lots of young kids out there who are doing incredible climate activism including right here but it is uh I I think people need to sit with that for a minute that like there's a generation of people who are like yeah I'm probably not gonna have kids and that isn't a choice for me that's literally because I feel like I can't right you know like that is or you know choices that people have to make that aren't really choices at all eventually right right? so Mm -hmm. and that's not we're not talking five six seven generations down the road we're talking one two generations down the road absolutely and i I think humans have a problem with kind of the long game yeah we're very (laughs) we are a short-term instant gratification species um which is why you know long-term like fitness plans often fail in long term especially if they're not like adopted as a day-to-day lifestyle like we have the long problems with the long game of it but like this is happening you mm-hmm. know so it's uh and anything we can do differently i i know i've started thinking about that in my own life like hmm, where am i being wasteful where can i yeah you know for sure where can i and even though like in the long run that probably won't make a huge impact on yeah. anything it might either and if enough people do it maybe it will well and that's the thing like it's we need institutional support. Mm-hmm. Individual action is important, but unless it is supported by the institutional level, it's not going to make a difference. Like we need policy and we need, you know, to stop relying on fossil fuels. Yeah. And maybe stop wrapping oranges in saran wrap, like just things where, you know, yeah. I mean, we have very recent lessons you know, everyone looks back in horror at, you know, images of picnics in the 60s where people would just leave their garbage, garbage everywhere, everywhere, like yeah. the styrofoam containers at McDonald's in the 80s, mm-hmm. like where people look back on sort of those relics and are like, oh my God, how could people do that? Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's, it is a generational shift. Like sometimes I'll see a pop can in a garbage can and I'm like ah like that doesn't belong in there you know Mm -hmm. so I think generational shifts can happen but yeah they gotta happen fast 
we're going to finish today with reading, watching, listening. Because even though I've been very busy, I've also been watching a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I don't know really. Maybe I just need, I think I need to sleep more and watch less. But well, I think you also just need your downtime. That's That's reasonable. the thing. So um, my partner and I started watching the Hip Hop Evolution documentary series on Netflix. Oh, cool. I've been meaning to watch this for a while, but they just released the third season. And we started with the third season just because I wanted the first episode. It's in three seasons already? Yeah. Oh my God. And it's hosted by Shad, who I love. Yeah. He um, is a very smart guy, and he knows a lot about hip-hop, just, like, the history of it in general, not just Canadian history, but, like, the industry's history. And the first episode of the third season was about the East Coast, West Coast, like, feud in the 90s. And I was like, oh, I'm very interested in learning yeah. more about this. So we started there, because I'm like, I don't want to, I'm going to, I'll go back to the other stuff, but I want to do this. And it, as a documentary series, it is probably one of the most researched, like, well- presented series that i've ever seen cool he interviewed everybody like big big names snoop dog puff like all these people and then all these like names who were kind of up and comers at the time maybe you, like for me who i'm not like i'm not embedded in in that mm-hmm. i wouldn't i don't know these people but i'm sure if you're like in the scene you would yeah. know the names um but he like found or interviewed the guy that was like in the car with tupac when he got shot and Whoa. was killed and and like just Every perspective from like industry people, radio hosts, artist management, the rappers, like everybody, family members. It's just so thorough and so interesting. So if you have any interest in hip hop or the history of hip hop, I would really, really recommend watching it. I will have to check that. I'm a big uh, Biggie fan. And actually when we're so interesting. It's and it's so wild to think about how young he was. That's what I was just going to say. When he was killed, he was 24. I was yeah. 24, 25. But he looked like he was a 40-year-old man. I know. When they said, when they were doing the interviews, um, and they interviewed Faith Evans, who was his wife at the time. And pregnant with and their pregnant, son. pregnant, yeah. Um, and she was like, oh, he was such a young man. He was only 24. And I looked at it, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. 24? He was a little baby. I just, like, I couldn't, just, like, the sheer amount of time that had passed from when his career, I, he must have been 16 when he started. Yeah. And, like, just the way that he presented himself and the way that they acted, I, the concept that they were five, six, seven years younger than I am now. I know. And, like, what I was doing when I was 24, it just blew my mind. I know. Absolutely blew my mind. And just the fact that, and I think a lot of people don't realize, like, a lot of his success happened posthumously. Like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. A hundred percent. And then I never really had understood how that whole feud had started. Like, I knew... I knew about the East Coast, West Coast, but I specifically about the Tupac and Biggie mm-hmm. feud because we were very young at that time. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I mean, I knew that they had been killed, but I didn't know anything about it. Um, so it was really interesting as someone who, like, we both work in in the music industry in a yeah. tangential way. Um, it was just really interesting to to see how that whole played out Absolutely. and really how how the demise of everything was just ego. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was ego and, like, meaningless beefs about stupid stuff. I know. And that was that was enough to to start a coast war. <laughs> like it was just that's where the that's where the immaturity really shows. Yeah, good point. Yeah. And that's where like the youth of them really really shows. Yeah, it's a really good point. Because it it was just like the most meaningless stupid stuff. Yeah, it's just And it, like one person got offended and it was just a domino effect. And you think about like what could have been if they we're alive right now absolutely and that's something that's a really interesting point especially that they talk about tupac and his sort of evolution going from like this very 
um, like activism centered thing. And then when he moved to the East Coast, he became all about the reputation and the money and the the sort of scene mm-hmm. of it all. And like his weird evolution from like Martin Luther King to like rebel, you know, yeah. and and a lot of the people talked about, you know, like it wasn't his time. He had so much left to do. And it was just like really heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Did they get into the conspiracy theory stuff? No. Because I know that there are people out there that was like a really tin foil hat. Like Tupac's still alive because he kept right. releasing music, right? Yeah. No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, it's very, if you have any interest at all, it's very, very well done. Um, I would highly, highly recommend. Awesome. I am also watching. Um, I'm rereading The Handmaid's Tale because I hadn't read it in a long time. Yeah, and the I've never new, read that actually. It's really good. Like I, the writing in it is really beautiful. Um, like I mean, obviously people know the story, and it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's also really an alarming read now. <laughs> um, but the Testaments, the follow up that came out thirty years later, uh, or more even, um, it just came out. So I wanted to reread it beforehand. Uh, but I'm watching a show called On Being a God in Central Florida. It's a new Kristen Dunst show is it what what network is it oh good question I feel like well, it might be like Showtime maybe oh on TV yeah okay. it's on TV um or like <laughs> oh it's on TV it's on TV like, of course uh <laughs> it's really interesting it takes place in the early 90s so it's interesting to have Kristen Dunst in a period piece like during the time that she, she was been famous, famous. Yeah. yeah um but it basically she is this newly single mom um who and i'm not going to spoil how she becomes a single mom first episode very shocking um who gets involved in kind of like this pyramid scheme scam okay and it really delves into how these kind of predatory periods or predatory period schemes pyramid schemes pyramids what did i say period schemes see vagina bible on the brain (laughs) um how they prey on new immigrants how Mm -hmm. they prey on single moms how they like it's really interesting. And I feel like that's something that is so prevalent in today's culture with totally. the whole like, boss babe thing. Absolutely. And, like, yeah. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. It's a like black comedy. Beth Ditto is in it. Oh, and really? she is amazing. Yeah. Like doing a full like Florida accent like housewife. And I was like, oh my God. I didn't even recognize oh. her at first. I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. So, yeah. I haven't seen much from her in the last I little know. while. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. Lots of uh, good cast and uh, yeah. Very good so far. So I, I recommend that. Um, I also recommend reading the paper. <laughs> well, <laughs> tell us why, Jen. No, <laughs> uh, but you can also, you can read everything that we've written at winnipegfreepress.com. You can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen Zarati on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Naya Ravel on Twitter and Instagram. And we will see you next week. Bye.